amazing awesome friends with us tonight some co-hosts to help us along the way on this ghoulish pre-halloween event Ooh, spooky spectacular i'm aaron your alien acupuncture expert i'm blake here to tell you we have such audio to play for you (laughs) and i'm brian i know everything there is to know about being brian there you go we hung out had some food came back to the crib and we're like Yo, we got these beers we want to drink, but we're going to watch this really cool thing called Hellraiser. I'm not opposed to it, but why are you talking like you're a 90s rapper? <laughs> we Cribs, went to the TV Cribs. The movie, the movie I, came I out. I will absolutely <laughs> shoot a Cribs at Dan's house. That, I'm game. I'm game. Man cave. So, Man cave crib. <laughs> so the original Hellraiser was based off a Clive Barker novel. Uh, actually, short story, not novel. Yeah. I was going to say short story seems like novellas. It, yeah. It, it came out in... the 87. written back in 84, and the film yeah, was made yeah. in 87. It was his first film that he ever directed. He got a bunch of money, and everyone's like, hell yeah, make this awesome Hellraiser crazy, scary horror genre weirdness, because it, it there, most of the horror films back then weren't anything like this. Well, I, I was going to ask, like, we, what else was out at the time? Because I remember, like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I remember Chucky. I remember, like, there Ugh, there was this sort Chucky. of, like, um, but uh, I remember, you know, Gremlins was maybe a little bit different, but, like, this was all of an era. Like, the mid-80s, I think. I kind of Mid-80s was more uh, slasher-type flicks. Uh, the this... Shining, Shining was 1980. Friday the 13th was 1980. Uh, so, the fog, so Fire, so st- Firestarter, Chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. The Company of Wolves, Friday the 13th, Children of the Corn, Gremlins. A lot of stuff came out in like early, mid-80s. There's a lot of interesting things that came out, but I think this had a huge influence on Mm -hmm. visual aesthetic because usually it was just people running through a field getting chased by somebody with a knife, and this was not that at all. Right. This was more visual spectacle. Completely. Yeah. Uh, So this was a remake that was done fairly recently and it was streaming. Uh, actually early in the uh, uh covid 19 pandemic oh, as it? it's mm. yeah so they, it took longer to film because they had to you know do everything correctly space out whenever as they travel quarantine because safety but so, it didn't matter because all those chains got them yeah exactly so the female uh lead cenobite and that's what the demon creatures are called who allow you so there's there's this magical box it's a puzzle box and you can unlock it at to six different levels or configurations. Our, mm-hmm. our joke was that it was the Rubik's Cube to hell. <laughs> yes. It has six sides, and there are six ways that you can pass to, into hell based on if you've been marked as a sacrifice, or you yourself are the one wanting to go. Or if you live in Massachusetts. Or if you live in... So we think this takes place in Massachusetts, because it's like... Berkshire. Massachusetts. Berkshire, Massachusetts. Right down the street from the fucking Duncan, bud. <laughs> yeah, something like that. There's Dunkin's everywhere. That doesn't narrow it down. No, Boston <laughs> loves Dunkin' Donuts. That's where they got started. Correct. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's apparently a thing. They dropped the donuts from their name now. Now they're just Dunkin', aren't they? they yeah, give me some Dunkin'. Dunkin'. Got the points. We run in on Dunkin'. And yeah. this is not a Dunkin' podcast, though. No, it could it be. Not. Maybe they could sponsor Let's us. talk about Hellraiser. Movie yeah. and a donut. Okay, so it was directed by David <laughs> Bruckner, who did The Night House and The Ritual. And The Ritual was actually a really good film. I watched that. And that's a, more of a classic horror kind of scary, ghosty horror versus this is more... As described while we were watching it, as S and M dungeon weirdness with at what pain, point pain does aliens. the pain go to pleasure? Mo- mortifying point? the flesh, as it yeah. were. Yes. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of this? I I loved it. I I thought it was a lot better than the first one, the original that this was the remake of. This didn't have any of the same stairs, uh, storyline or anything as compared to the first one. Completely different take on it. 
the costuming and like like the design of the centoffs or that what the what cenobites cenobites Sen- cenobite the, the cenobites like that would I, for me, I think that was one of the best things about the movie. They purpose like they they purposely changed it from the uh, leather of the first one. Yeah, it, it was yeah, like a lot of latex and leather. What what are the, all of the different ways that you can um, t- take body corrupt, corrupt the flesh, corrupt the flesh? Yeah, take body yeah. mods to such an extreme that yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, with not just you know removing skin, but you know various piercings, various other mortifications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that so, was super creative. Like that was, it, it was really well done. The visual aesthetic there was was really good. Yeah, and I, I would say in comparison to the first one, this had a lot more plot and a lot more character development. Oh, it was all character development. My my memory of the first one, and it's been I saw it way back when it was first released. So my only memory is they play with the puzzle box, they open hell, and they get chased and tortured for the whole movie. Yeah, and that was about it. But this, we didn't even really see Pinhead till about halfway through the film. That's right? like 40 yeah. minutes, 45 minutes or yeah. something like that. Checking yeah. now, they have the numbers on the trivia. <laughs> yeah. They, so this was an interesting take on the story. I don't know which of the two movies sticks more closely to the actual short story and how Clive Barker intended it to be. He was involved in both. As we mentioned, he was the director of the first one. And there was, he literally learned how to direct from other directors. Like they crash coursed him on how to do it a week before he started. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, he just figured it out so, as he went along. And, and he pulled it off. He pulled I mean, it, it off. Yeah, at, yeah. at the time, yeah, it was a movie. The special effects were <laughs> I, very, I was like Ghostbuster, no, I mean, first Ghostbuster. I wouldn't want to see it Star again, Wars. but it didn't feel like a student film. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I see. Okay, I see this mean. is a real movie. Yeah. Mm. Correct. I think I only like the noises of the puzzle box. I am too squeamish for these kinds of movies. Towards the end, I was just looking at the wall for half of it. I'm like, okay, I hear yelling. I'm just going to not look at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely, this is an R-rated film. There's some, a little bit of sex and a little bit of nudity at the beginning, but no frontal. Oh, yeah, that's right. A little bit, it's a little bit of foul language here and there. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. There are drug references. There's a lot of drug taking yeah. and drug references. A lot of... If you're triggered by like, oh, I'm an alcoholic and I went back to drinking kind of thing or I'm a recovering whatever, yeah, this is very much you don't want to watch this because it's about yeah. we don't care, we're just going to do it. If you but, have a religious drama too and you think this toy might send you to hell, this also might, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't know, I mean, she didn't know what he was, what she was doing, but her boyfriend hooked her up and set her up to do it though. I mean, it's like, yeah. God, you got to be careful with who you get involved with because it's like you never know, especially if you meet him in rehab. That's what her brother said. Or if you're having having loud sex on tapas night. There you go. Oh, yeah. Which is what happened in the beginning of the film. Don't ever do that. Yeah. That's that's rude. Yeah. (laughs) Just put on some some hip hop or something in your room. Yeah. yeah. Sade or something. Well, hip hop, Mm -hmm. I think, has a little bit of a beat you can go to. Yeah. Sade really doesn't have a beat to go to. It's just like, yeah, follow us from our You should listen to our most current album. I know. It's got a little more electronic beat to it. Does it? It does. All right. Cool. Follow us for more uh, house. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, welcome to Sade and a beer. <laughs> so I'm a closet Sade fan. <laughs> I, I read I read that they wanted the industrial electronica group Coil to do the soundtrack. Clive Barker was a fan of theirs, and Ooh. he wanted them to do it. And the studio said no. Um. So it ended up being the standard traditional, like oh, you've got you know classical music, e backgroundy stuff. This one was all over the map. It just had I turned up the the audio because I read something saying 
There's a lot of deep bass, boom, boom, like heart beating kind of things yeah, we got going those. on in the and background. There was a lot of deep bass, and and you're S- like, oh, here's in the room. You don't know where it's coming from. The it's TV just did. happening. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> within the film, it's, it's just bass tones yes. to to make yeah. the atmosphere of the horror the film. Latmosphere. Yeah, we're very fancy here on movie and a beer. <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, uh, you know what? We had some beers to go with this. We did. Which we um, never mentioned. We the did start. not mention them to start with. So we had um, we had one already picked out. <laughs> we went to dinner, stopped that survey so on our way back, and picked a second one out. Some some proper spooky beers. Spooky beer. Uh, we'll get into those a little bit later. But yeah, so from Wayfinder, we had uh, Luna Merta, which is an amazing visual can design. And it's a really nice, solid Vienna style lager. And the other one is called Narful... The Garthok. And if you know anything about the Coneheads movie. That's why it sounds familiar. That's okay. where it's from, but it's got a yeah. demon on the front. And that's why I bought it, because it's like it's all about the creepy demon design does on he, the front. Does he stop uh, it, it with golf? Creepy. I think so. <laughs> it's it's a funny inside joke that they're playing on everyone because they present it like this crazy weirdness, but it in the beer's kind of strong and weird. So We'll talk about that a little bit later. I the, still the movie. Wanna, the movie is strong and weird. Dan. The movie is very strong and weird. <laughs> when we all tried a sip of it, it was like, mm. so yeah. We'll we'll get into that we'll a little bit. We'll get to that. So, I, I think from a production value, the sound they used really super effectively. Mm. The yeah, visuals the, as Blake cues. mentioned, the the uh, puzzle box sound yeah, design was really really well yeah. done. very good. And the, and really, the the puzzle box is a central character to the film. So they should design a whole atmosphere around the yeah. puzzle box and as an object like yeah i think about the design and the art that like that puzzle box was and that was cool because like it, it didn't have like any obvious like uh you know we are republic style or art deco style like it had its own distinct look and feel to it uh and it seemed you know for for as close as it could for a a box that changes configuration so much like it seemed like it could be a real object yeah, yeah and and they did a great job of you know it it animated to reconfigure itself kind of like a Rubik's cube for those who haven't seen the film. Um, But it didn't feel like CG. Mm -hmm. It didn't, it definitely didn't feel stop action animation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It felt like they actually built a mechanical box that was moving itself. We've come a long way from the transformer movies. Yes, we have click, 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 click for all their faults. I, We'll say this will be my one Transformers tangent for whatever reason. Uh, they were doing, they did math to make sure that the mass made sense for the Transformers to change out of their car form. So, like, like their designs would make sense in a real world setting, quote unquote. Huh. And that's what it feels like they did for this, making sure, well, we have some fun with it because it's a, a hell thing. It defies, it's non Euclidean, probably. It's feels, like I mentioned earlier, it feels a touch eldritch, little HB uh, Lovecraftian sort of. So maybe the mm-hmm. dimensions can change a little outside yes. of what is physically possible, but it looked like they just hit a button and it started doing its thing. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and again, we, we kind of had a little talk about this at the end of the movie where we're like, as mentioning that it's very, it feels like these are demons or, or creatures from another dimension or an alternate reality. They're not necessarily what you would call hell. I mean, we, we've seen so many multiverse kind of yeah. movies come out recently this definitely plays into that where it's like, you know, they're going to take you to this alternate place, but you're the only one who can see it because you've been touched by the thing that can take you there. Yeah. It right. felt strongly very much alien. Yes. Like yeah. more alien than like demon esque, if I could say it that way. 
but they can affect you in your reality once you've touched the object that bridges the two. And, and But I thought it was kind of weird. We all looked at each other and said, oh, they both can see that shit now? Because there's a moment in the film where they're running away from them in a vehicle. Yeah. And they turn around and like, oh, we can, everyone can see that. Oh, let's go. What, th- there was, a, I'm going to just call it a plot hole also that we all picked up on where oh, there's yeah. a character that went off uh, on their own to try and, you know, ex- ex- do some exploration. And then <gasps> all of a sudden, all the other characters showed up too. I think in retrospect, like understanding everybody's backstory and motivations, maybe there's a reason for it, but they didn't ever really explain it. It kind of feels like old, like the old 80s horror movies where, yeah, you know, one person's like by themselves, and the jump scares are friends showing up. Like, Katie, where'd you go? And then Jason starts stabbing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, again, it lends itself to that era mm-hmm. a little bit because of that. You don't necessarily have to explain everything. I mean, it is a story. It's horror. I mean, you know that the horror genre, in and of itself, has a lot of nonsensical shit that happens. Suspension you just have of disbelief. there's a lot of suspension, and and especially because you you got <laughs> shit from another from dimension. You got <laughs> you got stuff coming in that's not of this earth, and like the guys running around with a I, I'm gonna totally plot spoil the hell yeah, out of I think that it's one. Fine. He's got a piece of machine. So the first guy who solved it, and that's his built, you know, they they come back. Voight. Voight is the guy's name, and he lures them all back into, like, he wants to reconfigure it and and pick a different thing because he doesn't like the gift he got because he's still alive, but he's in excruciating pain continually. Exquisite pain. Exquisite pain because pain and pleasure are the same to the Cenobites. He even Mm. says that. He's like, their gifts are curses. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, he does say that. And, and then the he end, makes another wish himself. Well, he can't He can't give it back. He can just change it for one of the other ones. And so he's like, well, power. Ultimately. Yeah, Cenobites are notoriously hard to return their gifts. You, even if you have the receipt, they're not going to take it. I mean, it's just like those genies. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember, was there a nasty old crazy genie movie where it's like, be careful what you wish for? Because it's that's not a lot there. of genie. That's a lot of genie stories. That's, cautionary tales. Yeah. yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Very monkey paw. Yeah. Do you guys want to know the name of the Cenobites? Yes, please. Oh, yes, please. One was a- Asphyx, A-S-P-H-Y-X. Beautiful. Asphyx? Uh, one like asphyxiation? Yeah. Maybe one, that's the one that couldn't breathe without what, wheezing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Gasp. That was the uh, the Asian-looking one with the like weird half-moon thing over oh, its head. Oh, the skin hat. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Uh, the Weeper. Don't know which one was the Weeper. Exquisite. Jason Lyles is the chatterer. We all remember the chatterer. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> and apparently, nice. and apparently, the lady Pinhead is called the priest. I guess in oh. I guess uh, Pinhead's canonically priest. Our yeah. Lady of the Pins. I, I want to say I, nice. I did write this down. This is thirty-five years ago, and there's been a whole bunch of other kind of sequels that have come out since the first one. Apparently, the third one he just raises hell in New York. Yeah, there's it goes like there's Jackie Chan. Didn't mean to make that pun. <laughs> there's even one there's even As one in one space. Does. Exactly like Jackie Chan. There's there's one that's a space Hellraiser station. In space. Hellraiser in space where it just like Jason in space. Yeah. Yeah, Jason X was dope, dude. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, Jason versus Freddy, I mean, that was okay, but we're digressing. Yeah, that was that could have been better. Yes. Soundtrack was fun. So this hits different though than I think just like uh, scare movies like the, the ones that just have the you know jump, the, jump scares jump scares and, and like yeah this this hits different because this is like got like creepy body mod alien yeah. demons walking down the hallway that are gonna like just remove and, your heart out of your body and like, it, it did definitely want the audience to think about some things yeah now it wasn't clear to me what those things 
were, were all it, the time. It was trying. It was trying. But it was trying to be something more than torture porn or jump scares. Right. There weren't that many jump scares. No, there weren't. Nah. There were maybe a couple. There, I mean, there were a couple times when you knew the box was going to spring the blade and cut somebody. Yeah. And you had that anticipation of the wound. Yes. And of course, you know, they have to kill the one gay guy off. I mean, no, there's no, he well, lived. There's technically two. There were two. Well, yeah, there I were two. I'm saying that out of spite because ultimately <laughs> in every TV show and every movie, that's what happens. I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I think the I will like say they did show gay affection on screen. They do. And that was nice. And it's like, not shown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Clive Barker probably had something to do with that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Good for Clive. Yes, he can do what he needs to do and be himself and be happy. Heck yeah. As we all should be. I want to say that there's a lot of interest in the horror community about this film because it is a really nice reboot. Hey, there's only nine other movies you can reboot, you know, out of the franchise, but they did the first one because I thought it mm-hmm. was probably, we need to re- restart the series and they're probably going to milk this shit for a while because Lord knows the box is just sitting there. Plot spoil. Yeah, she leaves yeah. it in the end. So one of the configurations is the choice of guilt. Lament. Lament. And so she's just going to lament the rest of her life, and they will live off of the pain that she lives through lamenting. Mm-hmm. And they're okay with that. Oh, they they yeah. have no problem with you It's an organic that. pain. It's it's uh, more ethically sourced. Correct. And quite frankly, I would have chosen that too. It's far yeah. better than flesh hooks. Yeah. <laughs> what, from a human perspective, opinion. yeah. But yeah. they were all disappointed, like, oh, you, you chose the thing that's worst for you because... You could have this exquisite, beautiful pain, and you're not choosing that. You're going to have feelings instead. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're going to live a long, full life, and we're going to enjoy it. Everyone shaking their heads. Yeah, that's, long, that's full life happens. of regret. That's right. And tasty beer. And tasty beers. Well, Speaking of regret. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the moment in the Movie and a Beer podcast where we say adios to the film and say hello to a couple of beers that we enjoyed. We knew that we were going to watch this film. Uh, earlier in the week, I stopped at our great friend, him and Petra's shop called Mac Wine Cellars over on Greeley and Killingsworth and picked up Wayfinder's Luna Merta. This is a Vienna style lager. This has been around for a little while. This oh. is one of their core beers. Does that mean moon killer in Spanish? It does. Something like that. And okay. it's got this beautiful, like interesting geometric design, like a box surrounding a moon. And it's a shiny can. A lot of their cans are really shiny. And it has these yeah, weird kind of designs on the side. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's very, very... Kind of like Hellraiser. Kind of like the puzzle box. It's very puzzly. So, Brian, I know that you really enjoy these styles of beer. This is a three, 3.5 ABV. I couldn't find an IBU. But this, you know, traditional Nutty Vienna malt. I mean, long age, tender, loving care. This beer took time to make. It does have a really silky, smooth, but kind of toasty and malty mid to back. I mean, you know you're drinking a malty beer. Yep. It's not bitter at all. I, I get you zero bitterness. Out. Not bitter at all. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but that's kind of one of the few styles that I really enjoy. Not hoppy, which is my the first thing I, I look for. That's your jam. <laughs> that's my jam, y'all. It was good. I would say... Did it go with the movie? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, it was a little, little darker beer and mm-hmm. definitely a dark subject matter yep um it was okay to drink with the b- movie i would actually think 
Something lighter and less complex would go better with the movie for me. I'm going to completely disagree with you on that. I want oh, it to be good. Fight, fight, I, fight, fight. I don't want a hoppy, distracting, shitty beer, but well, I want I, something smooth I, that's I, going to be like, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. Because we did that. Everyone in the movie is like, we're all watching it going, ooh, okay. And this beer ugh. was kind of like, okay, yeah, all right. It helps along. It helps along a little bit. I don't know. Blake, what do you think? I don't want to drink anything with this movie. I kind of wish I just had nothing. <laughs> Water. I enjoyed the beer. He's hydro-homing. There was a choice. Uh, yeah, Aaron Aaron swept it tonight. I had tonic water, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, that, I think that was the right call. Like, I enjoyed this beer. I like most everything Wayfinder makes. The more gory but... parts. I'm watching both y'all, because I knew you guys were squeamish, and they're like, oh, looking away. I'm like, oh, come on. You're missing the good part. D- 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 agree to disagree. <laughs> you're missing the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of visual. I'm just saying there's no rending of flesh in my bedroom. Oh, yeah. Well, some people are into that. You know, no, I, I'm not going to kink shame anybody, but we we definitely don't need to kink shame this beer. So this is a really no, it, nice. It was a fine beer. A good quality standard from Wayfinder. A props to them. Whereas the <clears throat> second beer that we tried, uh, we stopped at Cerveza on our way home from dinner and we were just like looking at the creepy, crawly, weird beers that they had for the holiday season. The, the, the you know, Halloween is a weird time of year. It's fall, big beer season, lots of dark stuff. I, I just want to set up like when 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 they open the bottle. I so I'm I'm not drinking alcohol till Thanksgiving, but like Dan did a couple of pours, and all three of the co-hosts here when this was poured, they they just let oh. Like, there was just, like, <laughs> was one, one after another made the same noise and like smelling and then tasting and, and so talking smell about it. regrets. Whoa. No, yeah, that is a that is an oatmeal raisin bar. Yes, it is an oatmeal so, raisin bar. So it's now been open for over yeah. an hour. Keep it's completely thing. warmed up. So it's going to keep that thing away from me. It's it's not going to have gonna pour it a out. sniff. It's going to pour it out I, on no, the carpet. I'll, I'll, I'll right. run for my homies. All right. So eh. this is this is Drecker Brewing. Still this too is much for me. Narful the Garthok. So this has like yeah. this demon. The, the label's black and it's got some interesting kind of metallic. Yep, there it is. Metallic color. <laughs> Raisins. Yep. It's, it's uh-huh. a huge raisin oatmeal. Uh, it's like the California raisins aged. just open a concert and everyone's uh, throwing up. You know, all right, I'm going to read the un- bottle. It's not unpleasant, but if you, you you have to know what to expect. It is really big. So this is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with banana, peanut butter, cocoa nibs, cinnamon, marshmallows, and graham crackers with milk, sugar, and honey. So this is basically everything in the kitchen sink yeah. associated <laughs> with an oatmeal I, bar. The, the banana and cocoa are very subtle. They yeah. are. Yeah, I didn't catch much of those at all. The, the, coconut, the cocoa but. is more on the nose once it's warmed up a whole bunch. Yeah. But it, it's not bad. I think if you just know what to expect, and if maybe if you had that with food, like something really like it, it, it intense that it, would stand up to it. It it was okay. I mean, I I like I like big stouts. Mm-hmm. It was okay. So, it just didn't go very well after the first beer. Yeah. It like the the flavor profiles really conflicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would also make the the point that maybe this goes better with the movie mm-hmm. because it's dark. It's hard. It's complex. It's very complex. And it's not what you it, it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. Mm. Which is one of the main points of the film. Yeah. That summoning mm-hmm. the Cenobites 
is never what you expect. Yep. The, the gifts are not what you expect either. Yeah. And, and it's not super approachable, but it's good in its in its genre. It's not super approachable, but it's good at, at like at its at its check at its yeah. Point, yeah. Joe Six Pack is not going to like this beer. No, this is a thirteen percent ABV, and it has zero IBUs. Hachi machi. Yeah, it's thirteen percent. So it says here that so it was it was aged between twelve and eighteen months on both Strayhand and Old Fitzgerald whiskey barrels and bourbon barrels. So you can tell that alcohol hit is there. It's not thin. It's very thick. It's almost too thick from my taste. I mean, it's super sweet, but not overly sweet because it's st- that bourbon hits and the sweetness helps cut that bourbon hit, the alcohol hit. And yeah, but like, you still get a lot of raisin. Oh, there's a lot it's of raisin. A, it's a Yuletide beer. beer is it what is. You do. This is a holiday beer. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily it, for even Halloween. Then. Not necessarily Halloween, but definitely maybe Christmas time. Because yeah. maybe if I was outside cold, maybe. But even then, I would take a little sip. Go, yeah, okay, cool, and go right back to my nice light pilsners. <laughs> yeah, we could we could go outside and like you know sit around the the fire pit as we get rained on. Let's not. Thank God the rain came in. Thoughts again? <laughs> I, if we were to have a different style of beer, or if you wanted to pick something different, what would you have picked for this movie? A really funky Belgian. Real, uh, lots of funk. May, maybe a sour. A sour or funk? Maybe. I think something like funky, weird, complex. Because like the movie to me, funky, weird, complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of nipple action, though. Unfortunately. No. Everyone's nips were covered by folded flesh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there was some <laughs> muscles. Yeah. Exposed muscle and spine. There's a lot of really interesting... Just embrace this. <laughs> Interesting gore that happens at the end of the film. Mm. Not a whole lot during the film. I mean, they, they saved it all up for the very end. Yeah. I mean, they, they tease it a little bit with there, the There's the some dripping couple. blood. Yeah. Yeah. But not a lot of Well, but the not anything like the fir- like any of the other ones. All right. of the all of the demons already had their, their flesh rendered though. Right. Like, but they it, came but pre-done. It's not, it's not wet or squishy. It's just like layered. I, wow. I, I would say Flesh that there, so, yeah. so there were, what was that? There was a museum exhibit that was traveling around that had like people's preserved bodies. Yes. Uh, the, I can't I, remember. The, what it, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Huh. It kind of gave me that vibe because it yeah. would, like had the musculature. It was very clinical. Almost. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very, yeah. very clinical. And so if you're, if you're okay with that kind of creepy and gross, uh, dear listener, then you'll, you'll be, you'll be good with this too. Yes. I, I would also like to add that, uh, I thought are, Blake was horrified. No, I'm yawning. He's yawning. Trying to be polite, but now that Aaron's calling it out, I had to yawn. <laughs> Blake's human too. We are all are human. The interesting part for me was they didn't hype or make any of what the Cenobites had and what they were made of the focus. It was all secondary. They just showed up and they were what they were. But it was really hard to look away. <laughs> It was. Once mm-hmm. you saw them, you're like, you're fascinated because you're like, what, what? Like, how is what this is put this? together? I don't want to look at it, but I can't stop what, looking. What, what, what did they wish for? Because that's what they asked. Oh, yeah, yeah, I asked for the, the one at the end. I mean, he asked for power and he became one of them and it was weird. He seemed to like it. He did. And that was his whole thing. He's like looking at his body going like, oh, I'm still whole. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm experiencing new things I've never experienced before. Correct. How hard it is to be a rich super super billionaire and to not have new freaky deaky and to not have new things and hedonism (laughs) new new goals to achieve new things to conquer like 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 new experiences yeah there was a lot of callbacks to the original movie there was a scene that occurred in a hospital 
just as this one where oh, he the had psych gone, ward, the psych ward, he had gone in and you know they they went to go talk to the woman who had Selena, Selena, who inevitably got taken because she got marked and she didn't mean to, but she did. And then there was the the pivot, not the pivotal, but like the line that uh, we have such sites to show you. Correct, it said by the priest. Uh, yep, the one. Oh, uh, when Trevor tells the roommate Nora, "What's your pleasure, ma'am?" Apparently, that was from the yep. first or second movie. The uh, a couple of callbacks when during the first one, when the main the 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 daughter, the main the girl that is running from them and trying to save her own life, Riley. Figures, I think Riley. I think that well, okay. So in the first movie, not this one. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Laura, Karen? I think in Laura Karen. Something Laura like sounds that. right. She runs through a maze, and we see that oh, the, house wow. the house is in a maze. Like the overhead shot, and like when the the giant, let's say, shape the, comes from outer I think space. It's, I think it's Leviathan. The Leviathan shape. It looks like a big. But it kinda, looks like the final, like, yeah, final yeah, yeah, puzzle yeah. box shape. Yeah, spaceship. That's, Just yeah, bigger. Right. Yeah, and and it's in the middle of a maze. Which when she was running around. They pulled. They did a pullback shot of her and Helen. It's just a big maze because she. That was her thing. That she does feel of. familiar. So I was saying, I was like, I'm having flashbacks to the original film with these great kind of callback scenes that they had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thrown in. Again, this isn't a one for one. It's not nah, remade nah, 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 anything nah. like the first one. The first one was super creepy, and she was feeding it to like bring the resurrection dude back, and it was super. Apparently, uh, they asked the original actor who played Pinhead if he wanted to come back, and he said, "No, I want to. No. I'm, I'm happy with where I ended. I, I trust you guys." And he yeah. tweeted, "Like I love these designs. He thought yeah. it was great because his his does, his Pinhead design didn't have a lot of secondary. It was just the pins and pins and wearing like a coat, kind of right, like yeah. a leather coat." This was really complex and had some additional like skin being pulled back and there were some like graphic design looking elements. The two like neck, she neck had thingies. Neck thingies like that went, they, they bolts were, like, almost. Bolts that went oh, through like all the box. way from yeah. the front to the back that had a design on each of them. There was two of them. I was like, mm-hmm, that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. So there was, I think, some visual thought and a lot of attention to the design. Oh, yeah. And just the art direction of this film is amazing. Because, I mean, it's hell. You can fantasize and make it whatever you want, but they actually made it. There's a lot of silence. Dan, cool, Dan's, cool Dan's really, ho- Dan's <laughs> really hooked on you the know, design. Con- oh. con- contrary to the first film, we saw a lot of hell in the, the first yes. version. Yep. And this was the Cenobites brought to our world, Correct. primarily. So most of the, the art direction was based on their costume design, mm-hmm. which was very inventive Mm-hmm. interesting and like one of you said hard to take your eyes away from mm-hmm. uh, it, yeah, it was yeah. it, you know it's it's i don't i don't know if we have a fascination with the mortification of flesh but there was you wanted to see more almost it's the tantalizing nature of the I, saw, other. I saw were, the, were the i saw the accident on the highway and now everyone is speeding Slowing down to rubberneck, yeah. rubber 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 look, at it. look yeah. at it. That's all it is. It's like what? But it's like they're very much the other. They're very much the other, and, and we're kind of we're, they're so different from a person. We're just yeah. we're fascinated by it. Yeah, and mm. how are they different from me? Yeah, but but are it's they? like they weren't meant to be the or focus. I think in the in the, in the shots, I think it was like it's always like okay, well, what is Riley thinking and feeling, or how is how are Colin or or Trevor trying to you know get away from these things from the, the from the Cenobites. And like and and they were you know in the middle of the frame they were the focus of the action but like yeah if there was like one of the Cenobites in the background you couldn't not 
look at it, even though yeah. you know it's not the focus. And it wasn't like your typical horror film where they're chasing you. That's right? a, that's Mo- the most one, of the time. They walk the really one slow. hiccup is how the one started running after. I, I thought if they hadn't had it running, I like otherwise I love a slow villain. It would have been more consistent. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They they don't have to run. They know you. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. got you in their web. Yeah, yeah they're, they're gonna they're, walk right up to you and remove your heart. Like, yeah, <laughs> which sort of happens. But you know, well, like, we, dig- we digress. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts on the movie before we wrap this up? I like how everyone looked at me. Uh, like, like we're gonna you, wrap it up like a piece it's, of candy. It's for not. Halloween. It's not a saw levels of gross. But if you're squeamish, just heads up to, for the later half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not not for kids. And or the faint of heart or stomach. Not yeah. safe for work. I mean, it, yeah, don't watch this at work. It, it's not a slasher <laughs> film. It's not torture porn most of the time. Yeah, it's, There's a little nugget of torture porn. It's, it's suspense. Uh, Suspenseful. It's yeah. a suspense film. It's not a like a ultimate evil like exorcist type film. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's this, almost this is, its own thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's its own thing. Like This is not what Scary Movie was making fun of. Like it's right. not the jumper slasher stuff. It's like no, <laughs> scary movie was making fun of a, I think a lot of uh, well, similar movies maybe, but this this has its own sort of suspense to you it. You have to watch that Rick and Morty episode in order to get the joke on that. There's a Rick and Morty episode where they make a deal with the devil. Don't ever and Rick tells him, don't ever make a deal with the devil. You, oh, you screwed it up. Now I gotta. Didn't we learn about this in Elvis too with Robert Johnson and we his guitar? Did oh tying it all back together. It is. It's all being brought back. Season just, five arc. Just El- oh Elvis gosh. voice. Uh, let's see if I can figure this out. Uh, thank you. Thank okay. you. All right, baby. We got such sights to show you. <laughs> and then he starts chicken his hips. And then chains lift him up and he shimmies some more. Yeah, there you go. Ugh. All right. From a fan of the franchise and have saw many of the films that went direct to video that are hot garbage. This is, I think, and I would agree, <laughs> Brian's uh, wife, Tanya, watched it, and she thought it was really good. And I would yes. agree with her. I thought this was a She's great, a big oh, yeah, tremendous yeah. step up from the first one and most of the ones that came after it because they just went downhill. I mean, he was like, oh, we got you. So we know you're going to watch it. We, don't, we got you. We don't have to put much effort into it. Yeah. And they did a lot. They did a lot with this one. Everybody's looking at me. So I'm going to talk about how concepts are pre-sold. Yes. So... Yeah. That's why we have a lot of franchises in Hollywood. Yes. Because once you've got a fan base, it's easier to make sequels because you've already got you've got a certain percentage of your fans who are going to come back and see it regardless, especially if the first movie was financially profitable. Yeah. And and the other benefit is you've already done the lore dump. You've already built the world, so you don't have to explain all the rules of the world. As much, zombies die if they're hit in the head. They walk slow. They want to eat brains. We all know this because of Night of the Living Dead. Ugh, so good. All so well, World War Z was really really different than that though. Shaun of the Dead. Well, that's I'm gonna that's I'm true. gonna say what I always say when World War Z is brought up. Read the book. The book's phenomenal. The movie's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Okay. We're we're digressing, but I I totally agree with you, Brian. Anybody else have any, any other closing thoughts? Words of wisdom, trivia. Anything? I think we're like three and a half thumbs up on this movie. All right, I I, I have absolutely no problem with that. I mean, there's a lot of Are you the half. 
Yeah. Okay. If okay. I, I give this like a solid so, six and a half. Sorry, I went to like <laughs> two hands, like yeah. one, two, but there's yeah. like four of us. No, no, there's four. It was, it was better one. than the first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Better than but most of. Them. It wasn't. It I, was, I don't know if I'd watch it again. Yeah. I, I've seen it now. It was okay. Right. Yeah. I, well, yeah uh, like I don't feel like I need to own this. I'm not, I'm not going to nah. go back and watch it three days from now. Like, and it was okay. In about two years, when the next one comes out, we'll watch it, but not do the it, podcast episode. If you like the franchise, watch this film. Yeah. If you like horror, watch this film. If you like suspense. If if your jam is rom-com, you can skip it. You can probably definitely skip that. All right. So as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this episode are those of the hosts. And my Hydra homie friend over there says... Hydrate or dehydrate. I debated doing a a creepy voice, but thought, nah. Uh, The chains will come and get you, and you will not be happy. Yeah, put some clanking chain uh, fully in here. Clinky, clinky, clinky. Thanks for listening, everybody, and hanging out. Uh, this is Dan signing out. This is Aaron. I'll be in suspense till the next episode. Suspense from Hooks. Rim shot. That was Blake. And Brian saying goodbye.